Hey guys, it's Adam Himmelsbach with the Boston Globe. Um, we're back after a pretty long hiatus from the summer. We're, we're nice and recharged, right, Gary? After uh, off season, and we're ready for a new season. And pretty soon, we're going to come with the Celtics podcast. You guys come to expect and look forward to and all that stuff but right now we just have like a little i guess almost like breaking news podcast that kevin garnett is retiring um there's numerous reports about it out he posts on his instagram a farewell and and you know it's not like a huge surprise um it's actually it's not even a surprise at all but uh it's it's happening and obviously leaves quite a legacy in boston with his time in the celtics and the championship he won here so we're going to talk a little bit gary you know i've, I've only been with the globe for a year and a half so i didn't cover kg at all but gary covered him for a few years and, and it's going to kind of share some of his memories and stuff but i guess gary before we talk about his time in boston you know when i think back like i was in like i guess i was just starting high school and uh when he declared for the nba and then he was the first player to do that in my generation like it happened in the 70s but nobody had done it in 20 years um and it was just like fascinating to me like that's and there was like this mystery and this intrigue behind it like who is this guy like like in my head I still know Farragut High School in my head and I always will because of him you know like whoever would remember Farragut High School and he immediately burst onto the scene you know had a, a strong rookie year and then by his second year it was off to the races I guess what are your memories of him really early on in his career and what did he do to make himself so dominant so quickly well I think he was an athletic freak he was the first generation of kind of, um, of what we know now as the Kevin Durant, the versatile seven-footer. He wasn't a uh, post-up player traditionally. I think the centers that that, um, that were in the 70s and 80s were these big, burly, uh, back-to-the-basket guys who were slow running down the floor. And here comes Kevin Garnett. At 18 years old, 19 years old, you know, running the floor, running the fast break. He wasn't a true center. He could shoot from the perimeter. He could dunk. He was a freakish athlete. He could, I mean, he just was a freak. He kind of revolutionized the game for the seven-footer. There were plenty of seven-foot guys before Barnett who were of his frame who were forced to play post-up games. You know, they were to get bigger and lift weights and, and bang in the paint, and they weren't those type of guys. And I think what we saw from Kevin Garnett is what we see regularly now, uh, guys who are seven feet who can do things that guards do. And before, let's say, Magic Johnson, that was just didn't exist. Yeah, and then when, so you add all, all that and you take what you just described and – this larger-than-life personality, too. You know, the screaming, the in-your-face, the the competitor, and wearing, just kind of wearing it on his sleeve, how competitive he was. He was a di- he was just like a different kind of dude that there weren't a ton of him in the NBA uh, at that time, even. Um, what, did, what did you think? I know you covered the Sonics. Was it in the, in the 90s that you covered the Sonics? No, I covered the Sonics in the mid-2000s. I covered mid-2000s. the Clippers for two years, so I saw him as a rookie... Uh, during that, it was my early years, um, saw him. I think it was, it might have been the second year where okay. I actually uh, covered him. Uh, and just to see his youth and enthusiasm. It was funny, there was the, the, the like, there was a, more of a youthfulness and enthusiasm and a fun part to Garnett's vocal 
uh, aspect early in his career, and then it became more angry and fiery. He's always been a fiery player, but I don't recall him like the trash talk and the, you know, uh, expletives and the kind of the some of the disrespectful things he might have said. I don't think that that was part of his career in the early going. Um, I think that developed, and that probably changed his image a little bit. And I think there was something that happened, and I'm not sure what it was in the middle of his career, that kind of made him much more of a private guy off the court. And that's, I think, the guy that we saw in Boston, the guy who was embraced the fans, and I think he embraced the fans because they left him alone. They weren't trying to get in his private life. Um, they let him be. They let him go to his mansion when the game was over. Um, he didn't make many public appearances in terms of the community stuff. He just kind of stuck to being himself. I remember Dan Shaughnessy famously wrote that there's never been a more inconspicuous seven-foot black man in Boston than Kevin Gardet because you just never saw him around town. And I think he respected the fact that the fans here respected his privacy but they loved his passion. And your your first year with the team was the year after the championship, right? Two thousand nine, is that right, or two thousand ten? It was the year that they went to the back to the finals. Um, so two thousand ten then, yeah, or, or the two thousand nine? Back from the knee injury, from the from the injury, the bone spur in his knee. Yeah. So yeah, I covered him for four years. Uh, Do you have any any kind of memories, like aside from the stuff we're talking about, any anecdotes you can recall, like you know, from a locker room or an interaction with him that either spoke to the person he was or people? He never learned any of our names. Like apparently, he knew all of our names, but he never referred to us by name. I I I like the the fact that if he liked you, he would tap you on the leg during after the interview. He would give you that I got you. You're my you know you're you're one of my guys. You know, that was kind of a a show of appreciation from him. You know, he only called, you know, very few reporters by their name, you know, like the Steve Ashburner who covered him uh, with the Timberwolves way back when, when he was a rookie, those guys. But us, I don't think he ever referred to anybody by their name. And But he was always polite. He always knew he had a job to do. Uh, he always spoke after games. As long as you respected his, I don't speak pregame regimen. Uh, you, you know, there was certain times he spoke at practice, certain times he didn't. Uh, but it was always an event when you spoke to Garnett. It was always, uh, you had to get in that scrum. It was not blowing him off. There was no, uh, he'll say something, and he won't say anything. He usually said something pretty profound and, and very... Uh, Smart and intelligent, he was because he was a very astute player, astute person. And the funniest thing I probably have is where, in terms of his privacy, is when he um, wanted to hang out or mentor Leon Poe. Uh, Leon couldn't find his house, and that was intentionally. So he had to go pick up Leon from like a, a mall near his house and take <laughs> him to his house. And then there was. And then there was a day the Celtics had practice the day of the AFC championship game, one of the years that the Patriots went to the Super Bowl, and uh, guys were talking about getting together and watching the game after practice, and Garnett's statement to Doc, even Doc, his coach, was, yeah, you guys can come over, and then he goes, if you guys can find my crib. And he started laughing because no one knew where he lived. (laughs) 
you know, like, it, it was one of those things that, yeah, come over and watch it, but, you know, if you can, you know, if you know where my house is, if you don't, you're not getting any directions. Yeah, like, if you, so if you don't know where my house is, then you're not that. And that was to his own coach. I mean, Doc, <laughs> I mean, Doc was, you know, in, he said that to Doc. So, I always thought that he was such an extremely private person, um, and I think he enjoyed the fact that Boston left him alone, but... I have no negatives in terms of dealing with him. He was always a professional. He was always fiery. I mean, I, I think we all had maybe uncomfortable with some of the things he might have said in the court. Um, but he was a winner, and he brought winning back to Boston. I mean, that's the one thing that he'll his legacy will be here is that they didn't win without him, and they haven't really won since he left. Although this might be a good year for that. Uh, but those years he was in Boston, there was a whole different tone to the sub. There was a kind of a bad guy tone, the badass, if I can say it. And the only guy I think who can resemble that now is maybe like a Jay Crowder, yeah. you know, where, where he likes being a badass Celtic. And Barnett embraced that, that history and that when the green come to town, we're here to, to kick some butt. Yeah. And that is what I, I remember... Pierce sort of had that, not really, but Garnett was the dude who had that badass Celtic tag to him. You just dropped badass three times in the same answer, so it's the first season of season two for us, so I guess we're busting out like half swear words. I think it's okay. We won't get in trouble. I think we'll be all right. Um, when you, you talk a little bit how he's kind of does his own thing and people are now expecting him to kind of disappear, like, like we're not going to see like... We're not going to see like a TNT press release coming out saying he's joined like the NBA on TNT staff. You're not going to see him like writing for the Players Tribune, you know, or whatever. Like, what does KG do now? Does he really just disappear? Do you think, or like, where does he go? What what, what happens to the rest of his life in the next, whatever, however many years? Well, I did talk to him a few years ago, and he just basically said, you know, he's not going to become a coach. He's not doing this coaching thing. Um, he's probably going to fade into the darkness and literally he's made a boatload of money I mean he's made 200 over 200 million dollars and uh, if I can look this up Adam he, I want to say close to 300 million dollars he's probably been besides maybe Kobe Bryant um, the richest athlete in the history of professional sports yeah 335 million uh, Adam, I mean, if you can figure that one out, my goodness, it's not bad. over his career. So, he doesn't need money. Um, people have said he knows where his first dollar was spent. He know, he, he's he been very good with his money. Now he's got 40-plus more years to go. Uh, what does he do? I think he just kind of raises his daughter. Um, maybe he becomes a youth league coach. He does something privately. I don't think he joins... NBA on TNT. I don't think she joins ESPN. I think he might make a guest appearance here and there. I just don't see him right now doing TV. Yeah. I think he. You won't see him until Springfield 2021. That's the thing. Like, like the. So I, I think for a couple of years he'll disappear, and he might. You know, he might disappear permanently. But the one thing about him is like. He's a ferocious, ferocious competitor, and I see him. I don't know what it would be, but I feel like he's got to find something or will find something that allows him to kind of maintain that, whether it be, I don't know, I mean, golf or something like that, or even just like, and people have been talking about on Twitter today, like he's going to be the guy who shows up 
or maybe he had even said about showing up at the Y and playing people and like or like joining like a men's league when he's like sixty or something. Like I feel like he's gonna need to be doing something where he can beat someone and defeat someone in a in some kind of event. I don't know who knows what that will be. Uh, now now like uh, for the most part, it seems to be a consensus is that it'll, it will happen. What what are your thoughts though? Is KG uh, the TD Garden rafters or KG's number hanging from the TD Garden rafters? Yeah, I think it's pretty much cinch. Uh, I think ownership appreciated what he brought um, to the franchise. I think there would be very little resistance to retiring his number. Remember, I mean, the Celtics retire, have retired guys' numbers that didn't spend. I mean, Dennis Johnson essentially didn't you know, play maybe half of his career in Boston. There's been guys who have spent a short amount of time, and Garnett obviously spent uh, five years in Boston, sorry, six, and that I think that's enough to get number five raised. No one's worn five since he left, and I'm sure, I mean, you know, Adam, with the, you know, with the limited amount of numbers, I'm sure some guy along the way has asked for five and been probably rejected. Um, so I think they do retire his number. When? It could, will it be a couple of years? Hey, maybe it's the 10-year reunion in a couple of years of the eight, 2018 championship team and would that be quite a reunion when they get those guys together uh, maybe it'll be then but I do think his his uh, number goes up in the rafters I, I don't think anyone would have an issue with that. Isn't it crazy that next season will be the 10 year reunion of that team? Yeah, like, that's crazy. Like that's I mean, wild to think about man, time goes fast. What, so what do you think now about Paul Pierce? Uh, you know, A lot of people had linked the two of them they Paul had talked about you know them going out together, but now you know training camp starts Monday. We haven't heard a word from him. We haven't heard a definitive though. Like I'm definitely playing. Doc, I know said when he was here in Boston. Like until I hear otherwise, I'm gonna assume he's coming back. And if I don't see him at training camp, that's how I'll know or something like that. Do you assume Pierce will play this season with the Clippers? I assume he will. I don't think there's any question at this point. I think he would have told the team. I don't think he's gonna. I think Garnett literally considered this decision all summer. Does he want to occupy a roster spot? Does he want to be kind of a, a, a coach, a player coach where he's not playing that much? I don't think he enjoyed last year. I think he enjoyed the young guys on the team, but play, I mean, he just wasn't himself. He, he had knee issues. He's 40, and he's played 20-plus years on his knees. With, with Pierce, I don't think he wants to go out like he did last year. It was a career-worst year. He wasn't effective. The, he lost his role, his starting role. Um, I think he tries to work hard to come back to me, maybe a spark plug off the bench. And who knows? It might not happen. Um, that night in Boston, Doc promised no playing time to Paul Pierce. He did not say when Paul comes back he'll have – you know, a 25-minute-per-game role, it could be 10 minutes. I mean, there's a lot of guys, the Wesley Johnsons from your alma mater, the, you know, guys who are younger, more athletic, and probably can bring more to the position. And Pierce will be 39 in October. I mean, that, that's a lot of years, a lot of hoop on your on those, on those that body. Yeah, you hope, like, I mean, watching, I you know, watching the uh, Red Sox this season and seeing the way – David Ortiz is just having this like magical retirement season. You, you, not that Pierce would do anything even coming close to that, but you hope he he you know like you said he doesn't go out with last year. That there's something left for him to have a, a shiny moment, even if it's just like a one game. Like not 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 even that he would have a game like Kobe did to finish with, but some kind of 
some kind of memorable moment to to finish out his career. I think people would appreciate and enjoy seeing. Um, just to wrap up here, I know you got a lot of stuff going on today, but like uh, KG now, what what's kind of in in a sense or two? What's what's his enduring legacy in Boston? How will people remember him? Whatever, fifteen twenty years from now, would you say, or how should they remember him? I think remember him as as I said earlier, bringing winning and toughness back to Boston kind of that bad guy, the guy who didn't mind being a bad guy, um, making the trade matter. I mean, they gave up a lot. If you really look at the, what it was back then, Gerald Green was considered maybe a potential standout player, Al Jefferson, so that, they gave up a lot. Now it looks like a really poor trade for the Timberwolves because it didn't work out. But in 2007, you know, a lot, there was a lot given up, and, and Garnett hadn't won anything. Okay, so what's not you're not talking about KG MVP in terms of like a defensive player of the year, and no one really knew the impact how this thing was going to go, and it worked out. And a lot of people say that the 2008-2009 team was better than the than the championship team until Garnett got hurt in that game in Utah. So I think he just brought toughness, winning. He brought tradition back to Boston. That. Celtics pride that you, we see movies about and TV and NBA, you know, old tapes about. I think he brought that back to Boston, and it still endures. And I think you still have guys that say like a Jay Crowder and even an Avery Bradley, guys who just kind of take that toughness and take it seriously. Appreciate you keeping that one to a sen- sentence or two, Gary. That we're, we're in early season form here, me and you, uh, with a parquet podcast. Oh, it was great. We gotta, we gotta. We'll, we'll, we'll be back next week with a little training camp. You know, when training kicks off and and we start seeing some of these guys in uniform and how this thing's gonna work out. Yeah, like I said, like we'll, you know, we'll be back with another full season. It should be a fun season. Uh, Mondays media day and Tuesdays start training camp and then it's off to the races. So it should be another fun year. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening again. You know, it's good to be back. And remember, we're on iTunes. On the parquet, SoundCloud, be on BostonGlobe.com, and um, you know we'll have more obviously on, on KG probably on Monday, and just the Celtics in general.